Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Saganeer Podcast. I'm Mike Tatarski, Editor-in-Chief at Saganeer, joined by Thi Nguyen for the first time, a staff writer here. Hello. And Koi Pham, our content manager. Hey. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Yeah, um, I'm great. Good. Pitchy. <laughs> Alrighty. So our first topic this week is the U23 men's football teams, a miraculous run to the finals of the recent Asian Football Confederation U23 championship in China, which has been getting tons of coverage, obviously. So we're not going to talk about the games themselves, but we'll try to look at what this massive outpouring of public support for the team could say about sports and patriotism or pride here. Then we'll look at Bubble Tea and its incredible popularity among youths of Vietnam. We'll also play a game, a new game we've created, actually, this was Koi's idea, <laughs> called Bubble Tea Shop or Porn Production Company. Yay! Our interview segment will feature a conversation on the Saigon Heat basketball team and the city's mm-hmm. bid to host the 2021 Southeast Asia Games with Harry Hodge, a writer who covers sports here in Saigon. And as always, we'll end with Ban Mi Banter. So unless you've been living under a rock, you've definitely surely noticed over the last couple of weeks that football fever gripped the entire country, certainly yeah. here yeah. in Saigon. It's still on. It's very, yeah. It is, yeah, still <laughs> headlines. For those of you who don't know, which I don't know how you wouldn't, but Vietnam participated in the U23 AFC championship held in China. They had three huge wins over Iraq on the 20th of January, Qatar on the 23rd. Both of those were really exciting shootout wins. And then a heartbreaking loss in the final seconds to Uzbekistan on the 27th. Now, it was this was incredible. I mean, the US, the AFC 23, not to burst anybody's bubble, but it's only the third time it's happened. I remember when they first started advancing, there were these articles like, it's the first time a Southeast Asian country has done this in history. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that must be a long time. And then, yeah. oh, it's like 2015. <laughs> um, Oops. <laughs> still, it's, yeah, it's still awesome. It's it a bit of a jump. Right, but no, it, it, was inc- it was an incredible spirit. Yeah. Uh, the games were really exciting. You know, how did you guys feel as local Vietnamese? Well, Mixed feelings. Mixed. I have to admit, at the um, in the beginning, I wasn't as excited about it as... Um, like I am right now, because um, I remember it was the, during the quarterfinals, and um, they won against Iraq, surprisingly. So we had to do a news piece about it. I think yeah. you wrote it, mm. right, uh, Mike? Quickly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had to write about it for because we were a news source, so I started uh, researching more about it. But then, um, still wasn't very interested by the time of the semifinals because I was thinking, you know, they're so much better than us in terms of like experience, in terms of yeah, um, against Carter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In investment, you mm-hmm. know, they yeah. are they're so much more they have they're in a better league, I guess, mm-hmm. than us. But you know, we won, surprisingly. Yeah. And everyone went so overjoyed. So I Yeah, just, we all we all watched it in the office actually. Yeah. Don't tell our boss. <laughs> we were all yeah, screaming yeah. and shouting. Yeah, so I mean it was just so, it was great. Like, you know, it's always great to witness an underdog doing well. Yeah. And uh, from that point, it was just, you know, you had to, you had to give in to the whole atmosphere, the festive atmosphere of the country. Yeah. yeah but now. T, you said you had mixed feelings. Yeah, so it was a very great feeling seeing, like Koi said, an underdog doing this very fantastic thing that they, they won the game and they fight well. 
and football have been like a very ubiquitous kind of sport in mm-hmm. many like Vietnamese family. I, my family watched football yeah, when yeah for like our whole lives. Yeah. And we have we we've always been associated with being like this underdog who is not have enough yeah. stamina and to see this is uh, whole league play out uh, has been very wonderful but also it's very interesting that so everybody knows that after every football important football win people will pour into the streets and sometime yeah. the the like the excitement is great but then sometimes i i can also feel that if it gets a little too much and it gets to the aggressive side of it yeah. it would not be pretty so yeah, yeah so that's where okay. i have that mixed feeling but it's a very interesting side to see how great sport or in this case football has been the the outlet for people to mm-hmm. express their yeah, it, it unifies everybody it yeah unifies i was the number yeah. of Vietnamese flags. I don't know if there's just like warehouses sitting around with <laughs> millions of flags or they produce them all overnight. Yeah. But I, yeah. there was, it seemed like there was at least one for every single person in the yeah, country. It just yeah. popped up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I take your point about the aggression, potential aggressive part. But I have to say, from, especially coming from the US, like it was incredible how, I mean, there were, had to have been millions of people on the streets. Mm-hmm. I didn't no, see any, it was, it was yeah. actually any su- destruction. Surprisingly whereas, very mild. And, yeah, yeah. Whereas the city I went to college in, the foot, the American football team won the Super Bowl when I was there and I went down to campus to see if people were destroying bus stations and yeah. cars, like police That's had to deploy tear gas and we, and we had won. I was like, yeah. why, why are we breaking shit? I, <laughs> so seeing how generally peaceful, yeah, I, I'm, was, I'm sure yeah. there were a lot of traffic accidents but yeah other than that but other than that it was pretty remarkable Mm -hmm. yeah do you like remember 10 years ago 10 years ago uh, so the aff cup convince goal oh yes 2008 that's kind of like play thailand yeah like we played thailand and there was also like this very big celebrations Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting how to see like today so in 2008 social media is not like a big Mm -hmm. thing as Yet? it is today yeah. now. And to see like this whole event has taken like amplified via these channels is also uh, a very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and also I must say, I'm, admittedly I'm not a football fan, but yeah. I've, I've become a fan of the players actually. Um, yeah. Because I think I like through the interviews and all the things that people have shared about them, they seem to be such a nice, you know, mild manner. Yeah, they do seem very grounded. Innocent group yeah. of player. They're so young and mm-hmm. they're so they're just cute. They're so sweet. Because <laughs> I, because I remember, so during the match, the final match, uh, with the whole blizzard going on, mm-hmm. and um, Wang Hai was trying to make the penalty kick. Mm-hmm. They eventually equalizes um, the the score, and everybody, every other player would just gather around and like sweeping up. Yeah, you know, clear, yeah, yeah. clearing, <laughs> clearing the all, clearing all the snow, all the, the, so that snow. yeah, I mean, you can you can stage it's very that. Great no. you, team yeah, it's like a there. just a really authentic moment. Yeah, that I, I hope that that augurs good things for sports and football in the future in Vietnam because I know some of the teams can in in the past or as you know match 
match fixing was always yeah. an issue and there's lots of corruption. But it was great. And again, coming from the US where we kind of expect to win, like the Olympics come around, we're like, oh, we won 50 gold medals. Okay, cool. Just mm-hmm. another year. Whereas here, this, in the grand scheme of things, was a minor tournament, but it was, I mean, the spirit was absolutely incredible. It was really great to see. Yeah. yeah. So, For sure. Yeah. Sure. Go then Vietnam in the future. <laughs> Even though the New York Times may have only recently discovered bubble tea, this part of the world is no stranger to the drink. There are different varieties in Taiwan, Hong Kong, Thailand, several countries. And if you've been anywhere near the Botexco Tower in recent months, you'll probably notice that it's just a sea of bubble tea shops. Uh, They seem to take up almost every building along the, the streets around here. I just took a short walk during lunch and spotted 24 operating wow. tea shops just at ground level, no, <laughs> what? not down any hems or anything. That, oh, that nice. uh, with two that recently went out of business and two that are under construction. So it's that again, that's within short, three short blocks. So we thought we'd start with something fun. Many, some of these places have pretty strange names. So before we get into some of the potential health problems with bubble tea, we'll play a game called bubble tea shop or porn company. So T and Koi, I'll say a name. We'll do five or six of these. You okay. guess if it's... This is disclaimer. So because our office is located in the, the capital of bubble tea in Saigon, yeah. so we have a little advantage, but you know, you can try at home right, while you're, exactly. re- you're listening. So. Yeah. All right. So first name is New Sensations. Porn. Yeah. I guess oh. <laughs> I I was on the fence, but... <laughs> Good job, uh, T. What about Black Ball? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I would go with Porn Company, I guess. I would go with Porn Company. Because the black give it up. Yeah. Believe it or not, that's a tea shop. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was across across the street from the Texco Tower. Oh, no. Shit. Uh, How about Soft On Demand? (laughs) (laughs) Porn. Okay, Obviously. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I'll go it with is, you. Yeah. Apparently, it's a Japanese <laughs> porn company, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> Let's see. Big Bro. Oh, I know this one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, um... <laughs> T shop. It is. Yeah, it yeah. is actually a T shop. Because I actually walked, walked by their shop while they're constructing, so I know it's. it's yeah, a and also their motto says something about. Desert instead yeah. of dessert. De- desert and <laughs> tea. Desert and milk tea. <laughs> milk tea with a side of sand. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a couple more. Um, Hodu Hodu. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exotic porn company. It could be, well, you yeah. know, in China or something, like a very Hodu. niche very Chinese niche. porn studio. Have a very niche de- demographics. Uh, tea shop. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, that was over on Wenhui. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, S1, number one style. <laughs> T, I'm going to say T. It's porn. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Also from Japan. They have some pretty great names there. Wow. It doesn't wow. come as a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Good job. I wasn't keeping track of who won. We, were, we were shitty at this. <laughs> <laughs> Very shitty. We're all winners when it comes to funny names. Uh, but of course, it's not... Sadly, it's not all fun and games when it comes to bubble tea. Uh, late last month, Toy Treya ran an opinion piece with the rather dark headline, 
Danger lurks in every cup of milk tea in Vietnam's major cities. Which kind of sounds like a local news uh, piece. Yeah. So there's a lot. This was a lot darker than the newspapers. <laughs> Kind of routine. Sounds like we're doing things. It sounds like we're serious. all drinking crack juice. <laughs> drink. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we talked about how obviously it, we're all pretty aware that these drinks have a ton of sugar in it, but we also talked about how in some cities they've had issues with milk tea vendors using fake ingredients. Uh, for example, it, it cited a, an inspector in Kanta who said that the majority of health violations there have to do with milk processing and creation. And actually, a lot of these teas don't even contain real milk. It's powder. Um, and there was also examples of market vendors giving tips on how to use, you know, powder instead of actual milk. Koi and Tia, have you guys been swept up in this bubble tea tsunami? I mean, yeah. It's so it's, ubiquitous for me. Yeah, because it's literally at every corner. And yeah. because it has the tons of sugar in it, it's highly addictive. So. Yes. Um, I've been trying to wean myself off. Like I would limit myself to, like, at most one once per week, mm-hmm. once per one milk tea glass per week, and also I've heard so many news about the whole operation that they've been doing at these milk tea parlors, and mm-hmm. it does sounds really worrying, because we hear news all the time of um, like police busting the store space of some dubious. Chinese or yeah. foreign brand tea mm. somewhere and they have uh, strange ingredients in packages without label and also a lot of canned things um, like milk powder things like that yeah. that are like mass produced and also of course the diabetes thing because yeah. uh, do you know that some milk tea shop actually offer the giant the, like the jumbo size glass uh, that has like yeah. a, a, a litter of of, uh, of, of milk tea, tea in oh it. Oh yeah. yeah, and with tons of topping as well. So imagine the calories that one yes. will inhale mm-hmm. with just that one. But um, I think at the end of the day, for us as consumer, we could be a little bit more discerning when we drink. We you know we when we choose what we absorb into our body. I think a lot of these shops also offer for you to adjust the amount of the level of sugar. Okay. So you can choose like half sugar or thirty percent sugar or ten percent okay. sugar. In my opinion, like thirty percent is already very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't imagine like a hundred percent what would what it, would it be like. Right. Yeah. Um, but also, there are a lot of things else that you can do to minimize the impact. Like, you could stay away from the milk foam. Yeah, it's Royalty. it's actually very it's very fattening. So yeah. cut that away right. or. You know, or you can choose healthier options like um, some shops also offer like the jilling or gray things like that. Yeah. You can choose that one instead of the one with milk. Right. Um, and just put in some some pearls, and I think that should be a good drink also. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, tea, do you drink bubble tea at all? Um, she I'm does. Not, I, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but okay. not on a regular basis. Okay. Um, so milk tea has been like a very ubiquitous thing, like coffee mm-hmm. for me. Um, so back when I was still pretty allergic to coffee, I drank a lot of milk tea okay. mm-hmm. as a yeah. substitute. To get the, the to caffeine, get the caffeine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, But now I overcome my allergy. Oh. Yay, Congratulations. <laughs> well done. So now it's just coffee to me and milk tea will be... Like for some occasion, I would like 
satisfying. I'm, I'm craving some of that. And mm. I, I what's, what's your usual order at uh, when you go to multi shops? The traditional one, which is oh, like the plain multi with fur. Or maybe I'll get the white boba. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact: boba I, in Chinese means big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> nice to know. Yeah, the more you know. <laughs> Just a this link between that and porn companies. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We just realized. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anyway, so there's these places are hugely popular, and as Dana, our late great editor in chief, would always say, there's a, a bubble tea bubble, and we're, we're just waiting <laughs> about for it. to burst. Oh, yeah, we're just waiting for it to burst, and then there'll be a ton of real estate available in District One. Harry Hodge, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Happy to be uh, pioneering when Saigoneering here. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been covering sports for about five years here in Saigon, and you worked in dailies in Canada beforehand, before this, covering sports. So what do you focus on sports-wise here? I have a monthly column in Word. I've actually written a few things for Saigoneer about basketball. So I'd say you basketball have. is this the, the sport I've covered the most extensively during my time here. Yeah, and obviously basketball here means Saigon Heat. I understand you're working on a book about them. I've so over the years I've I've covered them. I've gone I went to their first press conference in 2012. And that, okay. that's how far back my history with them goes and I'm uh, I did play-by-play with the team. So I got to know like the general manager and the owner Henry Nguyen, who's mm-hmm. also owner one of the owners of LAFC, yep. of Major League Soccer. Yeah, <clears> so Back in Cali, and so they, uh, I pitched this idea of a book about a year and a half ago, and it's kind of like, I thought it would be done before this ABL season, but the Saigon Heat is in two different leagues, mm-hmm. so I believe there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm about how this season may play out, so they wanted to hold it until the ABL season ends and the BBA season starts. Okay. I'd say it's 90% written. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it's kind of just like a history of the team? It follows um, It follows basketball generally, the Heat specifically, but uh, the launch of the domestic Vietnamese Basketball Association, Vietnam Basketball Association is the VBA, mm-hmm. and uh, the return of the men's national team. For a long time, there was no men's team. Just, oh, right. I think there's just a lot of kind of regional disagreements and this kind of thing, and they just didn't have a team for a long time, and okay. now it's back. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so we wanted to talk, sit down with you and talk about the Heat and basketball here because I know I know a few diehard fans of the Heat, but I find generally kind of outside of that fan base, you don't hear about them a whole lot. It's certainly not often front page news. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so how so the Heat are five and five right now. They just had a big win big over win. the weekend. Yeah, it's a big overtime win. So I would say just in a nutshell that they face an uphill battle competing with soccer. Mm-hmm. Some of your listeners may prefer if I say football, football. but it's just not in my DNA. So <laughs> Fair soccer. Especially with the uh, success the under twenty three team enjoyed, of course, just this last month, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it was pretty staggering to see the crowds that were out watching. Yeah, that was unbelievable. But um, the Heat's kind of like um, the Heat's kind of carved their own niche. They've done well attendance wise and popularity wise, even if they weren't always successful on the court. That has helped them to launch a domestic league, which has helped grow the game in other cities, like in Da Nang and Kanto. Uh, yeah, there's six, six teams in total. Presently, there's two in Hanoi, two in Ken. The two in Saigon, one in Kanto, one in Da Nang. Right, right. And uh, they, uh, all, all indications are they're popular in every city. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's got its own, I would say it's, it's worked itself into the top two or three of the country now. Mm-hmm. It's still soccer number one here. 
Yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, again, soccer is tops, but since I, in the years I've been here, uh, you know, these days you see a lot of kids walking around in Steph Curry t-shirt yep. or jerseys, you know, the big NBA players in the States. True. So it's clearly a following. Uh, and you say, you know, fan base is doing well. The game's usually full here. So they've got, uh, uh, especially if the team is doing well. So they've been on a bit of a three-game slump. Right. They started off really well this season. They, they cleaned the house from last season to now. They got a new coach. He cut one of the, well, the team wound up cutting one of the popular players, Lenny Daniel, and he wound up going to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So there was uh, a lot of turnover on the roster. Uh, the Vietnamese players are also new. So we've got new players, new faces, new coach, new everything except for the stadium, really. Right, right. And uh, the idea was the Heat had made it to the first round of the playoffs three seasons in a row mm -hmm. and not gotten a playoff win. Right. And that's kind of, they've kind of hit this like valley. Okay. And so I think the ownership figured this, this new coach, Kyle Julius, won a championship in the Canadian National Basketball League. He would turn things around. Hmm. Okay. And well, so they're at 500 right now. They're now how, at how 500. Many, how many games are in a season? 20. 20. So they've, okay. they're, they've just halfway. reached the halfway mark. They won in overtime yesterday, 118 to 115 against the defending champions. Yeah, the number one team. It was Hong a, Kong Eastern. Hong Kong Eastern Long Lions. That's mm -hmm. a mouthful. <laughs> so they, uh, they, they, they surprised everybody. Mm -hmm. And they also did it. There was a lot of fouls in that game. Mm -hmm. There was more than 50, wow. which I've never seen that many called in a game. No. Two to be split between the two teams. Right, right. So thirty something on the Heat and twenty something on Hong Kong. Yeah, three three Heat players fouled fouled out. Three Heat players who were all like you know starting lineup guys. They all fouled out. These were the big American and regional signings as well. So the Heat, like it or not, had to put on their domestics for the overtime session, mm -hmm. and they played quite well. And I think that might actually be. Uh, a moment of vindication for people that have like kind of been lobbying for the local players to get more time. Yeah, I understand that's sort of an issue. I imagine with a lot of the teams in the region. Uh, again, the ABL has uh, how many teams are in it now? Nine, nine teams total. Yeah, nine yeah, teams. And presently. they're all allowed a certain number of what they call imports, which mm. makes me think of cars. Yes. But player for players from abroad, often the states, I suppose. Mm. And I know certainly here, there's been a issue with the local players seemingly not getting enough playing time. It's. Uh, I mean, no coach has figured out yet how to solve this problem. And I've been following, this is the sixth season I've been kind of covering the team, where they want to work the players onto the floor and give them minutes, which is kind of why the VBA got created, mm -hmm. so they could at least get some minutes, like quality minutes, before they would jump to the heat. Mm -hmm. Whoever the top players are eventually move up to that league. But coaches don't want to lose their jobs. Sure. No one wants to like be on a losing team that doesn't make the playoffs and say, well, I did it to help grow the game in Vietnam. They've, mm -hmm. they've never been able to marry these two interests together. Okay. Uh, yesterday's game, like it showed that the level of talent has increased considerably since it started here. Mm -hmm. um, and guys that are on the national team, that helps as well. They, the system kind of feeds every other part of the system. So you've got a guy who plays on the national team who plays on a VBA team if he's good enough for those, maybe he makes the heat. Mm -hmm. And those were the guys that were playing yesterday. So a guy named uh, To Kwang Chung had uh, to hit a free throw to tie the game descent to overtime, and he did that with like 20 seconds left on the wow. clock. And, uh, yep. Uh, then they in overtime. You've also got guys who are of Vietnamese lineage. Mm -hmm. So a guy like David Arnold, who appears in all the sort of like team uh, merch, mm -hmm. team um, marketing. Yeah. They, have, they heavily market around him. He's the longest serving player. 
And then you've got a guy like Horace Nguyen, who's actually from California. Mm-hmm. But he played big yesterday as well. So uh, it was an all-around. It was impressive. So uh, I hope they keep it going. Yeah, I mean, how, how do their prospects look for the rest of the season? Well, that was a top team. It kind of shows that really any game can go any direction. They've, mm-hmm. like... The, the, the games that they've lost kind of surprised me a couple of the losses they had, especially the margin they lost one game by. They played a team from Bangkok mm. called Mono Vampire. They have a seven foot four Maltese center. And, okay. they, and I think no one had seen any film on them, or they just didn't know what to do with them, or they just didn't have the size. Right. And this guy just, they just kept feeding it inside, score, score. <sighs> and they kind of blew them out. Mm. And then they beat the top team in the league. So it's. Kind of a crapshoot at this right, point. Right, right. Okay. Well, I suppose with the first year coach, it's kind of hard to know what you're going to get some time, even if he did do well in Canada, like you said. For sure. He certainly has a different system than the other guys I've seen. There's a lot of weaving yesterday. There's a lot of three-point kind of – if you live and die by the three, either you'll make an exciting game or it'll be a blowout. So right, right. the ones that they've won, they've shot a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. And the ones where they've lost, they've missed a lot of threes. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Uh, do you know when their next home game is? Not for about a month. You right, have to, have to check the Facebook yeah. page or something, but it's sometime in March. They're on the road. And then, yeah, Tet, the players said it was like a Tet gift, their, their overtime <laughs> win yesterday. So Right, well, we'll thank them for that. And, yeah, we'll check the schedule for the upcoming games, and hopefully they make the playoffs and get a win even. <laughs> yes, I hope so, too. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, we're going to turn now for the next few minutes to the Southeast Asia Games, the regional sort of Olympic-style competition that's held every two years. Over the last year or so, Saigon has sort of repeatedly expressed interest in hosting this in 2021. I believe the 2019 Games are in the Philippines. Uh, but Saigon has put forth a plan that would cost almost $700 million to host, which is an incredibly large sum. Well, Hanoi has said they can, they can host it for just $75 million, so, mm-hmm. you know, a fraction. Yeah. Saigon, they want to build a huge stadium in District 2. Yep. I think they may have started construction, but I don't really know what stage that's at. <laughs> it's All the plans seem to be up in the air, but mm-hmm. I know you have some thoughts on this. Well, so the, my understanding, and, like, bear in mind, I'm from Canada, so we have the Pan Am games we compete in, as well as the states, mm-hmm. you know, and all the sort of um, North American, South American countries. And we're in the Commonwealth games mm-hmm. as well. And these are... These are a hard sell in my country because they're not the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So marketing something like that in a place like Toronto, for example, they had the Pan Am Games a couple of years ago. Well, we can't be building a new stadium. That's crazy for the Pan Am Games. Come on, you know. So Saigon is already a city that has other pressing matters that are quite expensive. For example, the subway we've all been waiting for all this time. Yeah, and we'll keep waiting. And um, it's kind of a funny um, set of games because it's every two years. So. I mean, it is an event, but it's it's not so novel that you're not going to see it again in two years. It's just whether you're hosting it or not. Hanoi's argument is they hosted it in 2003, and they already have a lot of the existing infrastructure. Yeah, they've got Median Stadium, which is huge. We don't have anything like that here. That this is the the big sticking point is the stadium, and sort of like the surrounding complex is also. I think they're going to like build a velodrome and this kind of stuff. And 700 million dollars when you're already like getting guys not showing up for work to work on the subway, which is something that a lot of more people are going to benefit from. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports guy. Sure. Don't get me wrong. And I would love if Saigon did host a big event like this. But um, these things, especially if you looked at like how Rio was handled and like perceived in the media, like, oh, the swimming pool's like got an oil slick in it. And this guy kind of wandered off with a bit of money. And it's just everything is under scrutiny when there's that much money at play. The safe bet might be to let Hanoi do it. 
But, I mean, Saigon, I think this is also, they kind of see it as this opportunity to market themselves to the world and say, look, we can do something like of this nature. Yeah, I know. It's tough with that because, like I said, with the Olympics, every this always comes up when the new host country is an, or city is announced. They All these cities end up with these white elephant stadiums. Or I know in Rio, there's, a, a, there's stories about how the Olympic Village is now unused, you know. I think even in Beijing, they haven't used everything that they built. I was in Beijing when they were building a lot of stuff. I was working for the China Daily there, and yeah, I'm quite sure. Example now, Pyeongchang. Mm. Winter Olympics are on now. Yeah, in South Korea. That's going to be, I'm quite sure, a small town like that near Seoul still isn't going to host that many hockey games once the tournament's over. Right. Or who's going to rent the place. I mean, unless unless a, a pro league gets launched out of the interest that it creates, then... I don't know that you're going to see that much use of the rink. It's uh, expensive. Yeah, Bidding and, for a major sports tournament of this nature is like, this is not the Olympics. No, Keep no. that in mind. Even though, even Toronto, though, for the Pan Am Games, that was like, what are we going to do if no one shows up? It's going to go on. It's going to look bad. It's going to look empty. What are we going to do about the traffic if people do show up? Like, people can decide if they want it or didn't want it. And it was yeah. just a big headache. They didn't, the people just, they weren't into it until it finally arrived. And then it kind of went okay. Kanye played the closing show, all this kind of stuff. But uh, leading up to it, it was just like negative, negative, negative. Sure, sure. I don't think that it'll have the same dynamic here because I think people here would see it as a source of pride to host it. But it comes with a price tag. Yeah, it does. And I mean, I think you've seen with some of the recent Olympic announcements, like I think Los Angeles and Paris have to do it in the next summer Olympics, both of which have a ton of infrastructure and mm-hmm. stadiums and facilities in place already. Kind of like Hanoi, obviously a much smaller level, but and I, I don't really know where the timing is on this either because I have a Toy Trey article from October seventh which said they needed to decide within three months to you're starting going to host. You're starting to run out of runway, right? You're yeah. starting like think how far behind all these projects are in the downtown, mm-hmm. and you're going to build a stadium like a nice stadium, right? Right. You get you have to get the shovels in the ground now, and then you have to like run test events. You have to maybe maybe the U twenty three guys play a game there or something like that. Have a big K-pop concert, I don't know, and then see if the like the toilets work. Like you need all the, and that's just one facility. Mm-hmm. They want to upgrade a couple of other ones. Yeah, but, there's the Fenden Fung Sports Center on uh, Munden Chi, which I, they tore I believe, down and are yeah. redoing. Well, there was the was that where the badminton was and the roof caved in. It was, yeah, during <laughs> the tournament, yeah. So I mean, some of these things probably they are there are years, there's years they that they've been neglected, mm-hmm. and this is like something that if they do want to have sports facilities. This gives them a reason to do it, and it gives them a target date to do it by, or else everybody looks bad. Right, right. Well, we'll see where that goes. I assume it seems like there should be some news sometime soon. But I believe they've waiting. tabled the request, and then the government just decides, can we afford to give Saigon this amount of money, or do we go with Hanoi and just pay less? Yeah. All right. Well, Harry Hodge, thanks very much for joining us. Not a problem. I'm glad, and I hope we can do this again in the near future. And now it's time for Bon Me Banter, our closing segment where we go around the table and each share one thing we can't stop bantering about over our Bon Me. Uh, P, what are you bantering about? Vietjet and its relationship with women definitely oh. has been sure. a topic that many people care about, many, many people talked about. So the bikini show that Vietjet put out to like celebrate the UU23 team mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of interesting how they use 
you know objectify woman's body as a like a reward yeah to 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 these players yeah and that that's it's shitty the, not even interesting yeah it's so <laughs> shitty yeah well speaking of the player in it players innocence they looked really uncomfortable yeah i know <laughs> everyone was looking away like, no get, yeah get those away from me yeah the public discussion is also interesting to to watch not in a positive way though mm. because many people would judge these uh, women yeah <laughs> who who have been like used as a, as a yeah. basically a marketing Cause, tool because i think at the end of the day they're they're employees they're yeah. hired to do a job yes so they can't really say no yeah and yeah. you know i mean you you have to earn money some way and i don't think it's fair for people to attack them in that way yeah you know with judge should we to play should, should we play for that right, right. um but i also noticed something um so we all know that the ceo winnie fun hao is a very successful woman mm-hmm. and i i also recently found out that the the marketing person who orchestrated the entire bikini thing is was also a woman mm-hmm. uh-huh. so i don't know why you would think that because they're a woman they would know the struggle of being objectified and yeah being, my banter was actually going to be about how it's I mean, this might sound weird saying yeah. as a guy, but Mindy Fung Tao is one of the most powerful women in the country. She should be like a global icon. Yeah, of, for know, sure. Empowerment, yeah. success, and instead, forever, they're going to be forever known as a bikini airline because they yeah. keep doing yeah. this. It's really disappointing and sad. Yeah. Yeah, but certainly some women cannot, won't like escape their own sexism. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a more I mean, story. Yeah. She's, she's in a position to do so yes. much more good things. For whole gender and for, you know, people who are less privileged. But yeah. she, yeah, I don't know why they they keep doing these things. Don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Koi, what are you bantering about besides Vidjet? Um, <laughs> <laughs> besides, yeah, besides Vidjet. Um, so by the time this uh, episode air, we would be around Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just very caught up in the whole Ted crazy. Yay. Thing, you know, <laughs> like cleaning, buying Clean. stuff. Um, lucky money. Yeah, lucky, lucky money. I mean, uh, because I have a job now, I'm right, not. Right. I'm not gonna be eligible for lucky money anymore. <laughs> yeah, me so too. that's a bit and sad. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's good to to be to take a turn at giving lucky money away for mm-hmm. my nieces and nephews and yeah. Oh my god, there are so many <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. You know what I do? My trick is just go to the money exchange. Yeah. And exchange Vietnam Dong for like some exotic bills. Oh, nice. Oh, Australia yes. or Korea or Japan. <laughs> that might be, you know, that yeah. might have a lower value, yeah, right. but it's because it's rare, they would like it. Oh, that's and cool. it's also yeah, that's one an, trick for me. like educational opportunity. Yeah. Do you know where <laughs> Australia exactly. is? Yeah. yeah. I'll who's, show who's you. Who's on the bill? Your uncle and aunt are so sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we travel. We get exotic dollars and dollars. Awesome. Ted, Ted advice from Coin mm-hmm. yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, so mine was basically about Vietjet as well. We kind of went over that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's it for this week's episode. This is our first month of the show. This is our fourth episode. So thanks very much to everyone who's listening and for everyone taking part in the show as well. Uh, this will be our last episode before the Tet break. Uh, we hope the Year of the Dog starts auspiciously for everybody and look forward to returning in early March 
In the meantime, please leave us a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. This helps other listeners find us and also lets us know what you think, what we're doing well, what we're doing not well. So Koi and T, thank you for sharing your insight. Thank you very thank much. You. And chukmung namoy, everybody. Yeah, chukmung namoy. Yeah, chukmung namoy. <laughs>